Bokatov, and welcome back to another in our ongoing series of Shirem and Dafyomi. We are continuing with our study of the Gezerot of Admon and Hanan. Uh, and we pick up with the Mishnah Daf Kuf Tet Amud Aleph and Masachet Ketubot, uh, which is um, Admon's uh, fifth ruling. Ha'orer al the bottom of Amud Aleph. Ha'orer al Hasadet v'chatum If a man claims that a particular field belongs to him, in other words, that A was selling the field to B, but another fellow comes along and says that field was never A's to sell; it's mine. But this same fellow is signed on as an aide to the sale of the field of A to B. Uh, this fellow can claim that uh, I signed on it because I, w- I preferred for the field to formally go to the hands of the other one because he's easier for me to take to court. He's not such a tough guy, whatever. He's uh, somebody who will listen to the court. Rather than the first one, in other words, he offers a rational explanation as to why he signed on as an aid of a sale of his field, uh, of a field, of somebody else's field, which he's claiming is really his. By signing on as a witness, he lost any rights he, he has, or any claims he has to that field. However, everybody seems to agree here that if he used in a star, he used that field as a marker for a sale to somebody else, then he really indeed, le- indeed lose his schut. In other words, if he said, uh, that other guy's field is the uh, east side of the piece that I'm selling, that's the eastern boundary, then he seems to be indicating by using that, that he agrees that the field belongs to the other fellow. Now, Amar Loshanu Ela Eid. So first of all, we're going to limit this, and that's only if the fellow who's later coming and claiming the field is his was signed on as a witness. Why? But if he is signed on as one of the judges on the case, on the on the star, then he has not lost his uh, his rights, even according to Chachamim. Now, what's what are the functions here? Witnesses signed at the bottom of a star, they have to read the star. They have to know what they're signing to. Dayanim do not read the star. What they do is they just see the signatures and they have people come and testify that these are the proper signatures. We dealt with this back in the second parak, And then they put um, a kium on the star at the bottom, uh, the imprimator of the Beit Din, indicating that the signatures are correct. But they didn't necessarily read the star. Witnesses cannot sign on a star unless they've read it. Dayanim could sign it, there are the Ikiyum, without reading the contents of the star. Alright, Asasiman Laacher. So the end of the Mishnah seemed to be a consensus that if uh, the fellow who's later claiming the field used that same field as belonging to the other fellow as a marker in a star, then uh, then it, uh, it, he lo- loses his rights. Avaya says it's specifically la'cher, meaning if you're selling your field to some other guy, and you use the fact that this guy who you later claim has stolen your field, you use his property boundary as a marker, then you've lost your rights. But if you're selling it, you're selling your field to that same guy, then you didn't lose your rights. Why? If uh, because he says if uh, I didn't mark it in, the fellow wouldn't do business with me. He wouldn't sell his field to me. He wouldn't buy my field. 
In other words, I had to sort of play along with it and say, oh yeah, Ruvain's field is the boundary there of this um, field when I'm selling it to Ruvain or buying it from Ruvain, because otherwise he wouldn't do business with me. Now, what are you gonna, how are you going to challenge that? I should have written a star moda. In other words, I should have gone ahead with the star and marking the field as a boundary using his name. And then privately written a, or even orally presented a protest to the witnesses saying, I want you to know that the reason I'm using his name in there is to make sure to complete the deal, but I'm still claiming that he stole it from me. And it doesn't work because Chavra Chavra Islay, but Chavra the Chavra Chavra Islay. Your friend has a friend, and his friend has a friend. In other words, if you tell the witnesses that, somehow the word's going to get back to the other fellow, and he's going to renege on the deal. So you have a very justified claim. You have a justified claim to say why you didn't um, um, protest uh, when this field was being when you were you were selling it your field to the guy who you're later going to claim the other field he was stolen from you by the, by him, um, uh, why you didn't mention it at the time. Now, we have a case of a guy who did this exact thing. He had a claim on a field, and he used that boundary as belonging to the other fellow in a star to another guy. He then claimed, so in other words, he had put in a claim that that field was stolen. However, there was a star in which he had sold a field and used that as a marker. And uh, the, uh, wit- the heirs are now stuck, but the Beitin appointed a, an executor. So the executor came to Abaye. I'm sorry, the fellow that you're helping, the, the fellow who's, who's passed away, and you're helping his heirs, lost his rights because he marked that field as belonging to the other fellow in a sale to a third party. Amar, so the, uh, the executor was very sharp. He said, If the father was around, You know what he could have argued? He could have argued that I, I didn't give up on the entire field. I just gave up on the one furrow that's right on the boundary. That, I conceded, belonged to the other fellow. And so that's why I used it as a boundary. So now Baye turns around and says, you said, uh, you said well, you argued well. Rabbi Yochanan says, in your exact case, the guy is believed. If he said, yes, I, I, the one furrow that's on the boundary, that I really sold to the guy, and that I'm not contesting, then it's valid, because it explains why he used it as a boundary and as a marker. So Abayah said, at least, that one furrow you should uh, relinquish. There was a whole row of, uh, of uh, grafted uh, palm trees So on that exact furrow. So the executor went one step further. He said, if the father, the dead man, was, was still alive, he could turn around and say, subsequent to writing that star, I bought that one furrow back from the guy. So Abayi said, you've argued well. If a man says, I concede that one furrow, and then later he turns around and says, but I bought it back from the guy, he's believed, because as amigo, he could have said the whole time that he never did um, sell it to the, uh, to the other fellow or concede it. So Amarbaye Hamanda Makima Putropa so Abaye so the and the fellow ended up recovering the entire field for the heirs, including that one row. 
So Abayah said, Haiman de Mokim Apotrupa, anybody who wants to have an executor, Nekum, Nokim Kihai, Tiyadal Afuchi Bishchuta Diatmi, he should have a guy like this who really knows how to battle on behalf of the orphans. Okay, the next and sixth ruling of Admon, Mishalach Dinat Hayam Ve'avda Derach Sadehu. The guy went overseas, and the, the easement that he had rights to, to get into his field, which was boxed in, was lost. It was overgrown. We, nobody remembers where it is. Admon Omer Yelech Lo Admon says, whatever the shortest path is, is his. Um, Chacham says he has no rights. He has to buy an easement from whoever the owners are of the surrounding property or let him try to fly over. In other words, he doesn't have the rights. Now, my Tamid Rabbanon, what's the Rabbanon's argument? After all, he certainly does have a path that we all know, so at least he should have the shortest path. Shaprakam Radmon. Admon argues well. I'm reviewed on Marav, Minayin Kigon Shikifuha Arba'a Bnei Adam Me'arba Ruchoteha. Rav says the case in our Mishnah is a case where there's four different landowners on each side. There's a different landowner on each side. You don't need four. Truth is, all you need is two. That the surrounding uh, lands are not owned by one fellow. And each guy can say, go to the other guy and get the easement from him. Now, if that's the case, why does Admon say you get the shortest one? The, 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 uh, each one's claim of saying, go to the other landowner, you have no business with me, is a good claim. If you have four owners, and again, four just means more than one here. If you have different owners in the surrounding properties that each bought from an earlier owner, or four different owners that bought from one fellow who owned the whole thing around, everybody will agree that each one can say, you go to the other guy. And Admon will agree, the guy, the, the, our fellow has no claim. Um, <clears throat> uh, the only case where they disagree is where the surrounding properties were owned by different people. And subsequently, while this guy was, a, was, a, was away, um, one fellow bought them all up. So now there's one landowner who owns all of it, but his ownership derives from different owners. And when the fellow had the easement, there were different owners who uh, who surrounded him. Admon Omeri says, The fellow's argument is, look, you own all the property around, and somewhere in here I have an easement, so at least I get the shortest one. Rabbanon Savri, Ishatkat, Rabbanon say, he could argue back, the owner of the four fields could argue back, if you're silent and you take the deal I'm offering you, which evidently is a good deal, meaning I'm going to give you a cheaper price, shatkat. If you're quiet and you take the deal, fine. V'ilo, if you continue to make trouble, mahadarna shtara lamarayhu, I'll bring, I'll give the deeds of sale back to the original owners. And then you'll have nothing to say, because each one of them will say, go to the other fellow. In other words, you have a better chance with me than you have with the original owners, but you better take my deal, because otherwise I can to give the shtarot back to the original owners, and then you'll have nowhere to go. Now, we have a case like this. A man said, I have a particular dekel, a particular tree, that I'm giving to my daughter. He's on his deathbed. Azul Yatme, so then after he died, the heirs went, they split the entire property. And there were many trees on the property, and then none of them gave her a tree. Neither of them gave her a tree. 
Savrov Yosef Yosef thought, that's exactly our Mishnah, because the girl could go to one heir and say, I want the tree. He'll say, no, go to the other one. And go to the other one. And they all, and Amarle Abaye Midame. Abaye says the cases aren't alike. In the case of the surrounding fields, each guy can say, you go to the, your easement is somewhere over there. It's lost. But here we see the tree. There's a tree that's in, that's in the property. And, and each, even if there's more than one tree, nonetheless, there's a tree sitting there. So what do you do in this case? So you, they have to give her the tree. And then they have to redivide the property. You know, they have to go back to square one, give her what she's got as a gift from her father, and divide the rest of the property. Now, another case that sounds alike, another fellow, a fellow said, I'm giving this particular tree to my daughter, all he had was half ownership in one tree and half ownership in another tree, which if you put together, maybe is a tree, maybe isn't. So Rashi was thinking, pondering the question. Do, do, do people really refer to two halves of a tree as a tree? So we have such a tradition. People actually do call two halves of a tree. They refer to it as a tree. So in other words, that's what the fellow is referring to, and she now has to take this half a tree with another part with one partner and half a tree with another partner, which of course is far less satisfying than getting one tree to yourself that you don't have to deal with partners and it's all in one place. Okay, the next mission on Daf Kuf Chavero. This is um Admon's sixth ruling. So uh, A pulls out a star that says B owes me money, and B pulls out a, a star that says that A sold him property. So B can argue, listen, I obviously don't owe you money. The star that you're giving, either he's claiming was already paid, or else is a forgery, because if I really owed you money, you wouldn't have uh, you wouldn't have uh, sold me a field. You would have first collected your money. Chachamim say the opposite. A was actually very smart to sell him karka. Why? Because now, if B reneges on his debt, then there's land there that A can seize at least as a pledge. So, in other words, Chachamim say that the stronger argument is with A, where he'll say the reason that I sold you the land, even though you still owed me, you owed me money at the time was because now I know that I have land that I can seize. Now, the very short Kamara on this, what's their argument? Shaper Kamaradmon. The answer is, Where the custom is, the Atra, where they first pay money and then write a star. In other words, you first pay for the field and then they write a star. Everybody agrees that uh, Admon's argument is solid, that the guy could, that B could say, if I owed you money, you should have first collected your money. You shouldn't have written the star afterwards. Their only disagreement is in a place where first they write the star and hand it over, and then the guy pays the money. Abaye says, listen, if you really still uh, claim that I owed you money, you should have written a protest, Moda, saying, 
that even though I'm selling this property, that doesn't mean that I'm, I'm foregoing the loan that he owes me. We just had this in a couple minutes ago. Rabbanan say that, again, if you sit, present a modah, the witnesses who hear about it, somebody's going to tell somebody it's going to get back to A, and A will then refuse to sell me the field. So B says, I don't want to do so. Uh, sorry, A doesn't want to do such a protest because he wants to sell the field to B. And so, therefore, A sells it to B with, uh, and, uh, and they write, and they write the star. Um, and, uh, and then he collected his money for the field, and he didn't want to say anything because he was afraid then the, the deal would go through, the sale would go through, would, uh, would fall through. Okay, the next and final ruling of Admon, Shnaim Shotziu Shtarchov Zealzeh. It's, it's a, uh, sort of a sister of the previous case. If two people have Shitrechov on each other, and we'll assume for right now it's on the same amount, you owe me a thousand dollars, you owe me a thousand dollars. The second guy can say, if I owed you money, then why did you borrow money from me? Why didn't you just collect your debt? disagree and said, each guy just collects his own debt. Now, Itmar, we have a parallel, seemingly parallel disagreement. Same case, if two guys have a shtarchov against each other. Rabbi Nachman says what the Chacham said in our Mishnah. Each guy collects. Rav Shesha doesn't disagree with the uh, with the result. He just says, what's the point in switching fields and going to collect? Let the two things cross each other out. Literally, why should you switch bags from one hand to another? Let the two deal. So here, clearly, we're talking about a case where the amounts are the same. Just stays put. The shtarot are destroyed in zel. The chulei alma idit veidit ben nidven and zibur bezibur eid vadayafuchem adratahi. Everybody agrees. Rav Nachman Sheish agree that if the lands that the two guys have are the same kind of land, idit or ben nidit or zibur of the quality, the grade of land, then there's no point in switching. Kipligi, when do they disagree? The idlei lachad ben nidit or lachad zibur When one of them has medium grade land and the other has bad land. Why? Rav Nachman Savar Zem Why? He claims that each person collects because Kesavar B'Shalohin Shamin. This is a discussion I mentioned it several times that chiefly found in the middle of the first paragraph of Baba Kama. How do we est- how do we assess whether land is Idi Benunitu Ziburit? Well, the question is: Is it within a person's own lands, your finest, your middle, your worst, or is there an, uh, a communal or a national standard? Rav Nachman says we base it on your land. And therefore, if all you have is Ziburit, that's your best. All right, so Ati Bal Ziburit. So therefore, the guy with the worst land comes, Ve'gavile Le'Benonit, he collects Benonit, Dehave Gabe Idit, because relative to him, this is best land. Relative to the, to the guy who owns Benonit, that's his best land. Ve'atahu Ve'shakul Ziburit. And then the other guy takes Ziburit, which means there really is a point in switching, because the guy who had the better land is going to end up going down. Um... Rav Sheshit's argument of why switch the same thing is that they estimate that they, the assessment is done on an, on an objective standard, which means this guy is Zibur, this guy is Benunit, right? So the guy who collected the Benunit is then going to have to give it back to the guy, which there's no point. The whole thing is kind of silly. Now, Rav Nachman, and of course, according to Rav Nachman, his solution only works if the guy who owns the Ziburid comes first and collects the Benonit, and the other guy will have to take the Ziburid from him. 
Let the guy who owns the Benonit come and collect Ziburit, and then the other guy will come and collect it back, in which case, Shesha's argument of uh, the whole thing's a waste of time is valid. How do we leave in the LA? So, Lotzricha the Kadim Tave. We're talking about a case where the Baal Ziburi makes his claim first. But that doesn't work. It could be one guy claims first, but when they come to collect, they're collecting at the same time. We're assuming open-ended shtarot, where there isn't uh, a, some sort of a delay on the collection or saying that the loan is for a long time. So that we have to rewrite the, our understanding of the case. One of them has fine land and middle land. One guy has just bad land. Marsa Rishelo and Shamin again Rav Nachman says it's all your own personal grade. Marsa Rishel Kol Adam and Shamin, right? And therefore, therefore Rav Nachman Rav will say, look, the the come to collect, they're just going to swap the bain back and forth. Rav Nachman will say, no, the guy who owns the zibur will give it up, and then he'll come and collect um, the Benunit. Uh, from the other fellow, or if not, then if he come, if he collects first, he's going to collect the edit. Either way, he won't be staying on his own land. He'll be actually moving up. Okay, so let's test this. Tanan, in our Mishnah, so Rav Sheshit really is kind of in a difficult position, because our Mishnah, according to Chachamim, uh, and as we saw earlier, the Halacha is not like Admon, because uh, we don't have a Bengamaliel support him here, supporting him here, that Chachamim say that each one collects. So Tirkum Rav Nachman Alibar Rav Sheshit. It's a beautiful thing. Rav Nachman disagreed with Rav Sheshit. Now explains it in defense of Rav Sheshit. How would Rav Sheshit explain it? If the loans were not due at the same time, and therefore um, it's not as if they're going to come and collect at the same time. So Hechidami. Let's see how it plays out. If the first star was for ten years. Then Admon's whole argument doesn't wash to say, if I really owed you money, how are you borrowing from me? After all, the time hasn't come due. Uh, you're borrowing money from me because you can't collect from me for another five years. It must be that the first star was for the short time, and the later star was for the longer time. So if the five years are up, so my time in Rabbanon, Admon's argument is good. Why did you come and borrow money from me when you can collect your debt if the five years are up? And if the five years aren't up, so Admon have the same problem. Why does Admon say that, 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 that he does have the argument if the, if the five years aren't up? So he must have arrived on the exact day when the five years ended. Marsavar, and what the Machloket is, is that uh, Rav Nachman says, uh, sorry, that Chachamim say, Sometimes people will lend money for a day. And therefore, you don't have the argument of saying, if you really owe me money, why didn't you collect? And Admon says, people don't do such a thing, and therefore, um, really, you should have collected from me, but the fact you didn't collect from me, and instead borrowed from me, Proves that you that I don't really I really don't owe you money. Now Rami Bar Chama he gives a different take on the Mishnah. Our Mishnah is talking about Yitomim. The Yatmim meaning that one side is just Yitomim and the other side is not. The Yatmim Migvagavi Agvui Lamagvina Minayu. The heirs can orphans can come and collect, but we can't collect from them. 
Ah, meaning that only one side is going to collect, and that's why Chacham say that we don't tell the guy, if you really, if I really owed you money, why did you borrow from me? Because only one side's collecting. Ah, but the Mishnah didn't say the Mishnah said each side collects. So he says It means really that one collects and the other guy theoretically should be collecting, but he can't. So Amarava Shtechuvot, but Amarava says that doesn't work. There's two reasons. Chada the Zegovevezegovektani. It says each one collects. Viod ligbinu araliatmi. If the creditor is smart, the creditor of the of the heirs is smart. What he'll do is he'll first pay his debt and give land to the yatomim. And then he'll come and collect that same land back and therefore not lose. We saw this already. If heirs collect land as part of a debt owed to their father, a balchov of their father can come and then collect that land. And that land now becomes accessible to the balichov. So the answer is kasha. Rambacham's presentation is really kind of difficult. Now, why don't we, one last chance, one last uh, approach is, why don't we make a case where the Yatomim have Ziburit? <coughs> so the heirs have Ziburit, and this fellow, the living fellow, has Iditu Benonit. The heirs will come and collect the Benonit. And then, because <coughs> they already have land, they'll give him Ziburit. Right? Because the Inan Mishal Koladam Shamin, even if we use a uh, regular standard, we only collect Ziburit from Yatomim. So, Hanimili Hechadolotafas, that won't work because that's only if the guy wasn't Toface. But if the guy's Toface better land, he gets to keep it. And in this case, he certainly was Toface because it was his when the whole case started. In other words, he's got Benonit, he's going to give it to the Yatomim. And then he's going to take back Ziburit. Why should he take back Ziburit? He'll take back his own Benonit, which again takes us back to Rav Sheshit's argument of Afuche Matrata. And what's the point of that? And therefore, we <coughs> we stick with the earlier interpretation that we had of um, <coughs> of um, that the uh, two Shtarot were for different amounts of time and that the shorter amount of time was written first, was, was the fellow who came first, and he came exactly at the end of that time, and the disagreement is whether people will lend money for one day. Okay, the last Mishnah we're going to do in this podcast, a very short piece, uh, we're out of Hanan and Admon now. Shalosh There are three different territories in Eretz Yisrael relative to the issue of marriage. Yehuda, the south, Avar in the east bank, Transjordan, Vahagalil, in the north. You cannot force force uh, one member of the couple cannot force the other to move <coughs> from one town to another, from one city to another, meaning from one district to another. Within one district, you can force them to move from town to town or from city to city. A town is a uh, village and a city is a walled city. But you can't force someone to move. I mean, a husband can't force his wife to move from a village to a big city or a big city to a village. We'll see why. You can move from a bad neighborhood to a good neighborhood. But you can't move from a good neighborhood to a bad neighborhood. 
he says you can't move from a bad area to a good area. And we'll see the good and bad here is not socially, but rather environmentally, a place where there's a lot of sewage or a place where there's where the where it's not as healthy, even to a place that's healthier, why Nishanaveyafebodek, even moving to a good place will sometimes uh, check your body, meaning it will uh, will test your, your fortitude. We'll see that in a minute in the Gemara. So now the first of the two short comments in the Gemara is about moving from a town to a city. I understand why you can't move from a city to a village. Because in a, town, in a city you can find everything. In a village you can't find all the department stores, all of the hardware stores, all the things that you need. Why can't you move from a village to a city? How do we know that living in a big city is difficult? Something that the contemporary consciousness is very aware of. He blessed, they blessed all the people who agreed to live in Yerushalayim, as if living in Yerushalayim is more difficult than living in the farms. This is in the beginning of the Second Temple period. At the end of the Mishnah said that you can't even force them to move from a bad neighborhood to a good area, bad area to a good area, because bodek, my bodek, what does bodek mean? That the minute you change where you live, where you live is the beginning of that stomach disease, meaning that you change the environment where you're, the climate, the altitude, whatever, that's how you can get sick. So even going from a bad neighborhood to a good air, bad area to a good area uh, could be because the air is thinner, because the air is uh, even cleaner, could suddenly uh, shake you up. Katub Sefer Ben Sira, just one parenthetic note. Sefer Ben Sira was a book written by a Jew in Yerushalayim in the second century BCE, uh, which is patterned after the book of Mishlei. And here you see it's a quote from Mishlei, and then he builds on it. And Shimon Ben Sira was the book of the Apocrypha that most was most closely a candidate, or most um, prominently a candidate for inclusion into Tanakh, although ultimately it wasn't included. And it's important to note, it's the only book of the Apocrypha that was maintained in its original and that we have in the original Hebrew. So he quotes the Pasuk from Mishlei, Kol yimei ani ra'im, all the days of an ani are bad. How could you say that? After all, you have Shabbos and Yantif. The answer is that even if you have Shabbos and Yontif when you eat well, since you're not eating well all week and then suddenly eat well, it shakes up your system also. In other words, even going to a good situation when you're not used to it is bad for you. So what does Ben Sira say? Ben Sira Omer, Aflelot, Gagim, Gago, Umrom Harim, Karmo, Mimatar Gagim, Legago, Meafar Karmo, Likromim. And so Ben Sira has this elliptic statement uh, where basically uh, the poor man, everything that happens to him is bad. And uh, But this is, of course, the main reason we, we quoted this was because of Shmuel's statement that whenever you change even from a bad situation to a temporary good situation, it's like you take somebody who hardly eats and then put them in front of a feast, either they can eat very little or if they eat much, they can get sick. So that takes us to the last Mishnah Masachik Tubot, which we will divide over the course of two podcasts uh, beginning uh, the next podcast on Kufi Yoramud Bet, and then completing the Masachet with our study of the beauty and the one and the uh, marvelous description of Chazal of uh, the special uh, the special qualities of Eretz Yisrael. Everyone should have a wonderful day.